Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this very special edition of Rabbit Hole Recap. It's Monday. Why are you doing a Rabbit Hole Recap, you freaks are asking? Well, there seems to be a lot of demand uh, from you freaks out there to get information on what's going on with the markets, uh, as we've been covering them pretty intently for the last few months, or actually since the inception of Rabbit Hole Recap, and Matt and I never want to come up short for you freaks, so we decided to add an extra episode a week every Monday We're going to be doing an episode, Rabbit Hole Recap Stimulus Package, uh, to keep you guys up to date with what's going on and just communicate what we're seeing and what we're thinking about what's going on out there. I hope you guys like it, and let us know what you think about the content and if there's other subjects you want us to broach while talking about this stuff. This episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them, but if you don't know about them, let me tell you about them. All right, They're letting us do many things. They have their boost program going to be good if in this economic downturn if you're getting out uh, shouldn't yeah we should be socially distancing not going to go with that line for this but all right when the social distancing is done you're going to be able to go to local merchants actually no here's a good example of how you can do it with uh social distancing dash doordash excuse me is one of their major partners so okay you get your specialized booze card it's a visa card except wherever visas accepted DoorDash Boost has been a thing. I haven't checked today if it's on there for me where I am right now. But if it is available for you, you can hit that boost and save some money uh, for getting food delivered to your house. All right, Practice social distancing. Save some money with the Cash App. On top of that, they're letting you stack sats. You can stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats if you so please on the Cash App as well. And soon they're going to make sats the standard from what I'm hearing, which is incredible. Uh, to help eliminate unit bias. And on top of that, if you guys are buying dips in the stonk market, uh, Cash App Investing is now here. They're letting you buy slivers of stonks. If your favorite stonk is a little bit too expensive, which is hard to believe after a few days we've experienced in the stock market, hey, maybe they are still overvalued at these levels. You can buy as little as $1 of that stock. You can stack a sliver of a stonk because Cash App is connected directly to your bank account. You don't have to wait four to five days for the money to get there. You can start buying directly today. Okay, and Cash App Investing is a subsidiary subsidiary of Square, a member SIPC. As always, if you have not downloaded the app yet and you are going to download it, make sure you use the code STACKINGSATS. That's one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S, STACKINGSATS. You're going to get $10. You're going to need it in this this trying time. Then $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse, Owls Lacrosse in Chicago. All right, download the Cash App, use the code stacking sats, and enjoy this rabbit hole recap stimulus package. Peace and love. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. What's up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here. For a very special edition of Rabbit Hole Recap, Matt, what are we calling this? Rabbit Hole, the stimulus package? The, Rabbit Hole Recap, the stimulus package? It's the real stimulus package. 
the real stimulus package. Uh, yeah, obviously, shit is getting crazy out there in the markets, in the macro world, uh, in the virus world. There seems to be a demand for more content on what is going on to try and help everybody get a sense of it. Uh, and so Matt and I decided to uh, double the amount of content we put out for Rabbit Hole Recap for the time being during this crisis. Uh, let's be clear. Uh, we don't have all the answers. Uh, we do think we have good perspectives. And we're going to try to just communicate what we're seeing out there. We're going to start with... Uh, We'll just start with markets and macro in general. We met last Thursday, Matt. We were in the middle of a 20% or 10 to, 10 to 20, I forget exactly at this point, 10, 15, 20% market decline on Thursday. That was before I recorded with uh, Parker Lewis and Kyle Bass. Uh, that night, Kyle Bass particularly seemed to think that the Fed could not go this al- alone uh, if they are to sort of help if this problem, excuse me, is going to uh, be solved, the Fed is going to need help from the federal government in uh, by way of fiscal stimulus, whether that be tax cuts and uh, combination of tax cuts and things like UBI. Um, and it seems that the federal government has sort of uh, balked on that. Not balked, but they really haven't come through on the need to quell markets with this stimulus, this fiscal stimulus. Um, and because of that, uh, markets are tanking on Friday. They, they rocketed up, uh, towards the end of the day as Trump gave his speech on how, uh, the administration was going to combat the virus and the Justin sun playbook. It was incredible. It was incredible framing. He basically not, like you said, Justin sun's playbook announced a bunch of partnerships, uh, a lot of pre-announcements, um, and really paraded out a bunch of CEOs and leaders of industry to sort of signal to the market that, hey, we're going to let industry lead this recovery. We need a public-private partnership to if we're going to solve this problem. And which, honestly, like to me, that I was actually uh, sort of happy to see that. And he talked about uh, drive-through testing at Walmarts, uh, CVSs, Walgreens. Uh, he had biotech companies that are going to uh, develop test. He had them on stage talking about how they're going to up their production and sort of skirt around the CDC. Uh, but it wasn't enough. He, I believe in the same speech, he came out and said that he, he was going to do uh, $50 billion worth of stimulus for, um, for I think, uh, pertaining to medical cost, uh, which the market doesn't seem to think is enough. Um, but yeah, it's been a chaotic, chaotic five days since we last met four days. Uh, and even though the markets rallied on Friday during Trump's speech over the weekend, reality of the situation sort of really set in. We had Madrid, Paris, some cities in the United States come out, uh, and tell, uh, tell their citizens that they need to quarantine and started shutting down businesses or forcing, businesses to shut down, non-essential businesses outside of grocery stores, pharmacies, uh, gas stations, and other things, uh, telling those people to, hey, stay home, don't open your businesses, uh, don't allow people to congregate within your your properties because we need to socially distance our citizens right now. Wow. A lot of shit happened. Yeah. I uh, First of all, I can't believe we're doing two rabbit hole recaps. Feels good. Uh, 
we have a lot of time on our hands in quarantine, so we might as well. Um, hope you freaks like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the the Fed can't do anything right now. There, there's anything they do, just it seems panicked because it is panicked, right? Yes. So let's talk about specifically what they did over the weekend when it became more apparent that the uh, federal government was going to come through with the fiscal stimulus that m- many uh, observers and people in the know within the financial world uh, think that the markets need right now. It became apparent that it didn't seem like uh, both sides are going to come together to make that happen. It still isn't that clear, even at this point today, immediately after another Trump speech. Um, so the Fed came out and made another emergency cut. Excuse me. Sorry for the burp. Last night, uh, they cut by 100 bips. Say so their target is now between zero <clears throat> and 25 bips. Uh, and then on top of that, they they announced the the basically the reemergence of QE. They're going to buy up to seven hundred billion dollars of treasure or excuse me of bonds and mortgage backed securities. And then uh, during this whole thing too, they upped uh, the amount of money they're going to provide overnight repo markets. And today, uh, after fi- after offering five hundred billion overnight last night, they announced a midday repo of another five hundred billion. So. Uh, we're getting into the trillions, trillions of dollars of of repo operations just in the last couple of weeks. And they officially announced real QE. They've had like the sneaky QE, and now they have real QE. And markets tanked anyway, so they like wasted their last ammo, and markets tanked anyway. Meanwhile, they should be focusing on the fucking virus, and if they focus on the virus, then markets will hopefully stabilize because of that. Right. Because like, look, right now we're looking at months, months of downtime, like insane knock on effects. And and we see that in the Bitcoin market, too. You know, you have a you have a uh, an asset that is freely traded on markets with no circuit breakers 24 seven. And it's been extremely volatile. And that makes sense to me, um, because really the threat here is is the virus and what it's going to do to our economy. Um, That was already a house of cards. Exactly. And so today, markets finished. The Dow was down <clears throat> almost 13%. S&P down 12%. NASDAQ 12.3%. Russell 2000 down 14.3%. Uh, markets opened, limit down. The circuit breakers went off within a minute. Uh, they reopened. And actually, so it seems like uh, markets closed during Trump's latest speech. And it seems like they really weren't really happy with it, even though from the little bit I... Uh, caught he was focusing on the virus uh, but I think he he did mention the uncertainty of economic uh, growth during the virus what, the Friday time. speech like no no right now right before we hit record oh I miss I missed that uh, one um and uh sorry I lost my train of thought I apologize here. Uh, basically no and it's becoming more and more apparent I've, I found my my train of thought um, that again, the Fed's not going to be able to do this alone, and maybe even if the government does step in and help out, it may be ephemeral as well. Because, like you mentioned, this virus, even if you can throw all the fiscal stimulus that you want at it, it is shutting down businesses and shutting down economic activity. And you can't throw money at this problem. We have to, we have to weather this storm uh, that is a biological storm. And so that's probably what we should begin to focus on now too, is 
yelling at people who decided to celebrate St. Patrick's Day over the weekend and were filling bars. I know in New York City, uh, the bars were, were were packed. Chicago, Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm so glad we got uh, out which, of there. Which like to celebrate St. Patrick's Day heavily. They were packed even though the parades were shut down. The bars were still packed. And one thing people who are packing these bars have to realize, and I imagine they're people our age and younger and people in their early to late 20s, early 30s, yes, you can go out and you can probably contract the disease and if you don't if you're not immunocompromised you'll probably survive but just think about when you go home when you go to eat dinner with your parents or grandparents you were uh, spreading that to them no but i think that uh, is that's like one of the most dangerous things that we've heard this whole crisis is that young people are like basically immune um, like the netherlands the dutch came out and said that 50% of their icu cases are under 50 um so, like, if you're, like, a football player and you're, like, 22 and you're, like, perfectly healthy, then, like, maybe. But, like, all these people are going out there under this false premise because that's what they keep hearing for the last, you know, like, eight weeks. Like, if you hear, I don't know, if you hear that all the time and you you don't really interact with older people, especially if you're living in, like, a city or something, then, you know, you, you, you take it less seriously. Yeah, yeah. But... No, it was it was just disheartening to see over the weekend. Like even some of my friends was looking on Instagram and just seeing people out at bars acting like nothing was going on. And that's something again, and we've been I've been up front on this podcast in the newsletter. Like I'm not an expert when it comes to uh anything the virus or anything really, but especially the virus. But it is becoming more and more apparent that if we really wanna take the bull by the horns and take care of this, we do have to try to prevent um, people commingling in tight spaces. And we're seeing what's happening in Spain and Italy, particularly sort of we're not France. We're, we are France as well. France is having a terrible time as well. Paris is we about to go into behind. lockdown, complete lockdown. I think they did already. I think they did. Uh, um, as of right now, yeah. I think it was 9 p.m. tonight. So mid- midnight their hours. time is what I heard. Okay. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, St. Patty's mixed with the crowds we saw at the airports this this weekend. Um, which is another thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, it's just the, it's the probably the, you know, the worst case scenario combination going into this thing. It, well, it, cr- it reminds me of the whole Chinese New Year thing that happened to start it all off. Well, the crowds at the airports, they really couldn't control everything. It was like, oh, hey, we're talking about O'Hare Airport particularly i imagine no they were from uh, all over i saw like crowds at fort lauderdale in canada there was a new york airport oh, yes yeah the people in fort La- lauderdale were escaping because there was like an out- outbreak down there probably back to new york where there's an outbreak that's stupid off the bat um but o'hare particularly like an attempt to stop the spread uh from internet from europe they had all their international flights coming in and they were trying to temperature gauge everybody which led to people being dick to ass uh in a very confined space for up to seven hours uh, some estimates were saying so and there were more people again, because of the the way they instituted the travel ban like they they like told they like scared everyone into that you're not going to be able to get home after friday and everyone just booked flights right away yeah and it's fucked. then when they get home they the centralized 
TSA government makes them more susceptible to contracting the disease by and nobody was wearing masks. I think I saw one mask in one picture. Dude, the TSA uh, is going to get so much worse after this. This is basically like cemented the TSA into our into our lives, I feel like. How? How? Fuck the they're TSA. They're going to do like fucking they're going to do temperature checks on us and like all this other shit now. They're going to institute it. Like they're going to say the TSA didn't do enough. We're going to see so much more surveillance technology in general. We already see it coming out of China. They have, you know, all this technology they're using to fight the virus that involves surveillance. We saw in Israel, they're tracking cell phone data now. Um, so I think that, you know, fear, when fear happens, then that's when they get to pass the most draconian things. They say it's temporary and it lasts forever. And we might see that happen to cash too. We might see cash, um, you know, get de facto banned and slowly phased out after that. Don't let it happen, freaks. These same centralized entities that are going to try to force these laws on you are the reason that we have this problem right now. This is why we Bitcoin. This is why we Bitcoin. But seriously, like this, I got to stop saying like and um, I'm sorry, freaks. I'm going to work on it. It's okay. It's a pandemic. You're excused. The problem has been made much worse because we're waiting, or people have been up to this point. It seems like things are getting more uh, localized in the response. But for the longest time, for the first few weeks, people were looking up to the CDC like, hey, what do we do? What do we do? Can we get the test? And just hand out, eyes up, tail between their legs, looking upwards to these centralized authorities uh, for a solution to this problem. And that's one thing we have to realize talking specifically about america here it's you can't depend on the federal government to solve this for us there's 330 million some odd people in this country donald trump in dc is not going to fix this for all of us uh the the congress in dc is not going to fix this for all of us you have to work on a localized level and think up and that's one thing this crisis is really laying bare is that we are systemically uh, dependent on these centralized authorities and it's not a way to become anti-fragile it has made us extremely fragile as a country and as a, a complex system citadels you know what matt i might be convinced about citadels after this i i think i think this whole crisis is going to hasten the development of citadels around the world i mean we already see some citadels but i think it'll become more common well, I think so too. And that's, we were talking before we hit record here. I just had an incredible conversation with Chuck Marone, who's the author of Strong Towns, a book I've been talking and writing a lot about in recent weeks. I'm very happy. I'm going to drop that tomorrow. I think you guys are going to love it. But that's sort of the optimistic tone we ended it on. Like, God, I'm sorry for saying like, we need to, <laughs> we need to turn inwards towards our local communities and that's how we're going to fix these problems that's how we're going to get out of uh these systemic problems that we're experiencing today and uh, to turn a page to a lighter note i just want to highlight something in my my own life that I, uh in this crisis that an anecdote that uh has come to light which i think really highlights your favorite saying hold the door uh, is my in-laws they're they're uh, on the outskirts of Philly in a small neighborhood in Philadelphia and they're they're older my uh, father-in-law's in his 70s 
mother-in-law in her mid sixties. And, uh, so they're, they're a little, a little worried about you know, going to the store and, and getting infected. We, uh, my wife and I have done a successful job of instilling the fear of this virus into them and they've, they've been quarantining. Uh, but even within that quarantine, they have, they have neighbors and they're in a row home. And for the last few days, last four or five days, the neighbors on their block have decided at five o'clock every day, everybody's going to go out on their porch, have like a quote unquote happy hour, make sure everybody is okay. And then the younger couples on the block are taking it upon themselves to, to go shopping for, for everybody else is a little bit older. So it does seem like even in this tragedy, this is one anecdote uh, that I've experienced, but hopefully there's more stories like it going on throughout the country. This is what the time to turn to your local community, meet your neighbor, say hi to your neighbor, converse with your neighbor, get to know your neighbor. Because really at the end of the day, you, you and your local community are, are going to be the ones who provide the best outcome for your, for your community. It's not going to be the CDC. It's not going to be the national guard. It's not going to be Trump. It's going to be you and the people that live around you. Every strong citadel is made up of strong people. I like be kind, but not naive. I think that's how we all should act here. You know, we're all in this together, but you have to watch out for your own. You know, definitely. Marty, do you have any, do you have any whiskey in that bunker over there? No, I'm taking a night off of drinking today. I mean, priorities. Too much. No, no. But do you have it? Do you have some? Oh, yes. Yes. I have some whiskey. So you're going to drink with me on Thursday? Yes, yes. I will. I'll drink okay, on, on Thursday. Deal. I got some. I'm sipping on some McAllen. I wish we had that. I wish I had that Michters right now. I know. It's. I mean, if you go back to Brooklyn, I can let my. It's it's in my apartment. Ex- exfiltration. Uh, exfiltrate the the Michters. I went back for my Noddle Dojo today, with the mask and that's gloves. One thing. That's one thing that did not make my uh, my escape New York list was the whiskey. I've got a cabinet full of whiskey. In Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I left in like kind of. I was prepared, but I left in kind of a rush. But uh, I'm well stocked here. On another positive note, uh, during this crisis, did you see about this uh, in Italy? They needed this valve for the the ventilators. And yeah, this is awesome. And uh, a bunch of guys uh, that were locals had a 3D printer and they reverse engineered the valve because the valve company who was out of stock and couldn't get them new valves anytime soon refused to give them the blueprints. So they said, fuck you anyway, and they reverse engineered it and then they made a shit ton of new valves. This is incredible. This is an externality, a positive externality of the situation when uh, proving that humans are extremely creative and resourceful when push comes to shove and 3D printing something we've talked about, not not every episode, but it's come up now and then and is something that we think will be revolutionary going forward. And this is just a perfect uh, case study of it actually helping like it's help. It helps solve people. Excuse me. It helps save people's lives in this instance. I need to get more into 3D printing. I've been like I've been waiting. It's like VR. I've just been waiting because I didn't want to like buy a device and just have it be obsolete and worth half as much the next year. But I think we're starting to hit the plateau. You're in the VR. Speaking of VR, you've uh you've jumped in. Dude, What's it like? The headset is fucking dope. It was such a good purchase. 
I was, I it was, I'm, I'm very happy with my purchase. I FOMO'd the shit out of that purchase like eight days ago, and the price keeps going up on Amazon. Number go up, so I'm glad that I got it now. It, it, it beat my expectations. The negative, it is a Facebook product, and so now it's my only Facebook product. Um, but you don't need a Facebook account to use it, which is good because I don't have one. Um, but it really, it's, you know, it's definitely still a work in progress, but it beat all my expectations. It's pretty immersive. I'm surprised. And you're talking about the Oculus specifically. Yeah. yeah, The Oculus quest, which it's cool because it's standalone. You don't need a computer connected to it. Uh, like specifically a, a high end computer, which is what all these other ones need. Um, it's just an all in one device. It even has audio like mic and, uh, like a mini speaker in it. Um, and you just strap it on and it has like these little handles so you could see your hands. It's, it's, it's like what I, I feel like it's what the Wii should have been, you know, ah, the Wii. but it's, I remember the Wii. it's specifically pretty cool for these VR conferences that are happening. And we have a Socratic seminar coming up tomorrow, which is going to be the first VR Socratic seminar. So, um, I'm pretty hyped for that. I, I guess like, I'm obviously a huge nerd. I'm hyped for a VR <laughs> VR Socratic seminar about Bitcoin, but it should be dope. Yeah. So the the founder of the London Bit Devs meetup, Michael Folkson and Andrew Yang, who was e currency holder, yeah, not uh, the presidential candidate on Twitter, not the presidential candidate. He's the marketing and partnerships director at River Financial. They will be hosting that Socratic meetup. I think I might have to jump on the Oculus chain here train here excuse me uh it seems it seems like it's it's going to be more uh more commonplace especially as more people quarantine and that's uh yeah so let's yeah we should do a vr podcast you should get one and we should do it yeah let's let's i know people are scared right now and you probably should be scared things are breaking um but i don't want you i don't want you to get scared to the point of uh of paralysis where it's like oh my god the world's ending the sky is falling we're gonna go into a mad max world there's actually again we discussed with the the 3d printing of the valves that's a positive externality i saw on twitter people a lot of people tweeting about how good it is or how nice it is that they're home with their families and some are working from home some are watching the kids everybody's pitching in a little bit to help out and it just feels good to have your family around even though uh, these things are seem very bad right now. They are very bad right now. It's, it's not paint a turd here. Uh, there are positive externalities. Mainly people are starting to realize what's important, family and helping the community and, uh, helping your fellow man in times of need. And, uh, it puts a lot of shit in perspective. It really does. It really does. Um, so I know myself included, I'm on Twitter way too much. I've been watching way more. I've watched more news in the last four days than I have in the last four years, probably. Shame. Um, I know it's a, it is a shame. There's a lot of of fear out there in the media and social media, but there are good things coming out of this. And I think in the long run, we will be stronger because of the, because of this. Uh, we're gonna, like you said, we're gonna find out what's really important and what really matters in life and. Uh, nothing like a global pandemic to really drive that home. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to change the world as we know it. Like, so many things are going to change. I, I, it is both, 
it's a freaky time, right? It's super because you don't really know what's going to happen short term and long term. There's going to be ridiculous ripple effects. So it is, you know, I, I, there's a lot of suffering and I really feel for it. And I'm concerned myself super, you know, I'm more prepared than most people and I'm still ridiculously anxious. Um, but you know, I, there's going to be a lot of change and I think, you know, for the better, I think we'll see a lot of change for the better. Um, and a lot of, there's going to be a lot of technology that gets developed here, um, because people are stuck at home. Uh, you know, I like video conferencing stuff is going to get insane. I think over the next like six, 10 months, um, hopefully we see more things with 3d printing, localized manufacturing, uh, you know, I, 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 it's, I think there's, we're going to be blown away. There's going to be a lot of things that we can't even fathom right now that happened because of the ripple effect that in like three years, two, three years, that maybe would have been like 10 to 20 years if we didn't have this style of like global pandemic mixed with like a market route at the same time. Cause there's a, you know, it, it just changes all the dynamics all at once. And for Bitcoin, it's pretty crazy that all this is happening going into a Bitcoin halving. Um, I mean, the good thing for all you freaks is the Bitcoin having is already priced in. So you don't have to worry about that aspect of it. But all this other shit going on, that's also actually all priced in as well. So we're just we're good. Everything's priced in and we're going into the having a hunky dory. Yeah, uh, the efficient market hypothesis is playing out perfectly in front of us. Everything's priced in. Do you think do you think the efficient market people will like did this prove them wrong or is. Is it just like there's black swans, so you'll never know? Yeah, that would, I would imagine, be their their argument in this case is, uh, how could we see a global pandemic coming? I wonder if they think the having is still priced in or if they admit that with all this other shit going on, then there's no way anyone can effectively price in something of a niche asset that's going through in its adoption phase. Yeah, is the having priced in? Is it death spiral? Priced in? Is Bitcoin's price need to double from here or where it was this time last week? I'm in Zen because the, it's the all priced in. No, I'm actually like, I've been stacking way more lately, which probably means we're going to dump more. But um, it just feels like it's like the perfect mix for, you know, Bitcoin at this age of its life, at this point in its adoption cycle. Um, you don't really have to explain to people anymore why you might want an asset that's independent of governments and corporations, a, a money that's independent of governments and corporations. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, if you, what, what happens here if we see, like we're seeing some signs of like run on banks, like we already know these banks um, don't have much reserves and they just lower the reserve ratio even more uh, over the week. There is no reserve ratio. There is none. Now there's none, but there was a little one before, right? Yeah, and it was even then. It was just, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So in a pandemic, it was. There's two ways you can take your money out of the bank. You can go to the ATM because the teller windows are closed, and if the ATM's empty, there's only one other way you can get your money out of the bank, and that's if you buy Bitcoin with it. So that's a very interesting dynamic. If we see that play out. If we see markets close, people are talking about mar- the markets closing for a couple weeks potentially. That 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 means Bitcoin's the only market in town. That's crazy. I, I can't even on the short term. I have no fucking idea what the fuck's going on. But long term, 
like, I don't know. It just seems really bullish for Bitcoin. I like, I, am I fucking crazy? Am I just being ridiculous right now? No. Um, like you, I have been buying aggressively in the last week. I bought some more this morning. Except, yeah, this is this is why Bitcoin is created, and, and the value prop of Bitcoin is being very much highlighted right now. Like it is to get away from these centralized systems that cause these systemic problems. Uh, it is providing the ability for uh, for you to opt out of these centralized systems that don't seem to be working. I tweeted it out this morning. Again, harping back on the point not to depend on these centralized systems. People pay their taxes year in, year out, even when they're working paycheck to paycheck. And they expect that when shit hits the fan, the government will step in and help them out and have their back. And the last three weeks have proven that that is not the case. Even it has completely faltered when many who have been paying or everybody who's been paying taxes. I mean, I don't expect, I had never expected the government to step up <laughs> and actually solve this, but Did many, you most people do expect the government to step up and do this. And it, it is being becoming very much apparent that, uh, they are not equipped to, again, micromanage a country of 330 million people and then expand that globally to Europe, the UK. Like, our governments are failing us. And this is another reason why we Bitcoin too, going back to the sovereign individual thesis. And this is something I tweeted out last week too. The, the oil wars, this pandemic, it's really the impetus for the pendulum swinging away from globalization. We're going to see a balkanization of the world play out from here on out and it's because people are, are going to realize that these systems are not able to to service us the, the crisis of confidence that is coming and it is coming i think it's already here is going to force us to become more localized to become more balkanized and again at the end of the day that's not i'm not like pushing nationalistic ten like uh, like speaking well, points or anything like that, but you're going to be able to trade within these balkanized areas. Citadels. Decision-making citadels. Uh, the decision-making across citadels will be made better at the local level. No, yeah, I think like we're in a unique point here where we have the technology that you can have localism and with, with global trade. So like you could have like governance very close to home um, all these different independent entities um, that are interconnected, you know, through the internet and through global shipping and whatnot, right? Like we can still have, we can have a kind of a combination of both. And that's where I look at Citadel theory. That's kind of, that's where I go with it. And I think that this crisis has proved a lot of the value of that, of having manufacturing close to home or diversified in, in, in different areas. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's all, that's all I have. I'm like a little bit. Yeah. Oh, is you tipsy over there? No, I'm not tipsy. You know, everyone thinks thinks you have a higher tolerance than me, but I just drink more than you on the podcast. That's what happens. Uh, I definitely have a higher tolerance. I don't know too. about can, that, dude. Well, when the when the quarantine ends, we'll make sure we go drink for drink, and we'll we'll test it out. We'll test out your hypothesis. That's true. Did you order your Android phone yet? I'm actually doing that. After we hang up here, I, I ordered got my cart loaded. Before I decided I was going to exfiltrate my Noddle Dojo, I ordered all the parts for my node. Um, 
I was supposed to get my Casa node like the day before I left the city, the day I left the city and instead I left the city instead of getting it. So I'm not going to convert that into a my node. I'm going to actually build a my node. Um, and in addition to having these, these, this stimulus package of the stimulus package is going to be multi-fronted, you know, not only do we have additional RHR, we're going to have more interviews and I'm we're going to do more guides. Like I'm ready. I'm going to get you good, nice, good guide of the full my node setup. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. And Whirlpool keeps hitting all time, you know, just keeps trucking on. Uh, it's, it's been, there, there's been a, a, sh- a shit ton of volume has been coming into it lately, uh, pandemic or not. So that's, that's really great to see. Yeah. I'm very excited to get my, my node set up. And yeah, like you alluded to, we're really going to embrace the, uh, the remote aspect of the podcast from here on out. I was a hardo. Only wanted to interview people in person. I thought it was great uh, interviewing people only in person, but it is a pandemic, so. Yeah, I can't wait lean in. to get back to interviewing people in person. But yes, we do have to lead into the the conditions of our time here, and they call for social distancing. I know, I and, fucking uh, miss you already, bro. It's only been... Oh, I miss you. It's been like a week. I miss you too, man. Oh, that's um, cute. Now we're getting all emotional. Yeah, so what are... What are how are you staying sane in quarantine? Um, that is one thing we're gonna have to adjust to life. I mean, I already worked from home, so I'm pretty much used to quarantine life, and I, uh, I'm used to being cooped up in my apartment for most of the day. But is it an adjustment for you? My day job is fucking chaos. I don't like talking about it, but it's fucking chaos right now. Uh, I'm like. Uh, yeah, I, the buck stops with me in my day job, and there's a lot of buck stopping right now. You know, I <laughs> it's just a lot. A lot of things are falling on me, and I don't really know how to handle them. Uh, and I'm I'm just trying my best at, in that regard. But I like all the extra time I have for Bitcoin stuff. Um, and you know, I my my focus my focus is going to be mainly on that. I think to to get me through. Uh, and now I got the VR. The VR will be sick. Um, yeah, I, I also surra- surrounded myself with, I have family here, so, uh, it's ideal. Yeah. I'm lucky to have a good amount of family, uh, around where I'm quarantined too. Hopefully getting more of our family to us as well soon. Uh, but it's been good. I have my brother with us, uh, here where we are, my wife, uh, my son and I, and it's been great. We've been cooking good dinners uh, binge watching some shows. Make sure you get outside too. Remember, that's one. That's, that's why I wrote my final thought today. Remember, at the end of the day, the sun is going to rise and life is going to go on. The world is not ending. It is tumultuous time. It's a hard time, and like I was saying earlier, social media and traditional media definitely uh, do aid in making things seem much worse than they are, and they are bad, but. Take some time to get outside. Yeah, even, take some deep breaths. Even if you're in a city, just like go outside, you know, and don't, you know, you can still maintain distance from people, you know, like be aware and stuff. But like you'll go stir fucking crazy if you just stay in your apartment. That's one of the reasons I got out of the city. Uh, but you'll go stir crazy and really quickly. Like I don't think people realize how quickly you it'll happen. Um, but be aware of all like the public areas in your building, you know. And if you're looking for gloves, Rodolfo told me to tell you all that you got to get nitrile gloves. You don't get latex gloves, you get nitrile. 
I got I got them. He, Light trial. Yeah, I, I bought those gloves. He got very excited that I bought those gloves. So everyone get get Rodolfo excited. And if you're gonna buy gloves, buy nitrile gloves. They're they're thicker. They're more uh, they're more reliable. They don't rip as easily. Nice. Are they antimicrobial as well? I don't think so. I mean, they're just. I mean, it's like latex gloves, right? Like they they act as a. You know, you have to take them off properly, but they act as a blocker to your own body, right? Yeah. Another thing to take take into consideration uh, with social distancing is you don't have to go to the grocery store. Uh, I ordered some steaks off of Omaha Steaks today and another uh, small uh, Omaha Steaks pretty big, but I ordered from Omaha Steaks and then uh, a small butcher out of Kansas City uh, to get some meats delivered. So he'll be here next week, so we don't have to go to the store for for another pickup. And if things do get bad, again, we're not trying to fear monger here, but if they do get bad, my uh, my process for food is go to the store once a week, if that, get as much food as you need, plus some stuff that you can put in the freezer and try to touch your freezer arsenal as little as possible, hopefully not at all. Yeah, I stocked up on. I have a shit ton of meat. Fuck, fuck your ramen. I have like a ton of fucking meat. Everyone's like going. The ramen was like the first stuff to leave the shelves. It's like guys, just load up your freezer. Lots and lots and lots. Um, but yeah. I uh, uh, did you see this thing from the French? The French health minister and a bunch of French doctors are saying like you shouldn't take inflammatories like Advil and aspirin. Like you should take Tylenol I saw that going around. instead. I saw that going around. I've also heard that's fake news. I don't know who to believe in that. I've just been taking. I asked a French CBD. person. I asked, you know, keto miners told me that it's legit. I don't know. I it's something to keep in mind. You know, do your own, to do your own research, I guess. Uh, but so ibuprofen and Advil over Tylenol. No, no, you should take Tylenol. You shouldn't take Advil or aspirin, which are anti-inflammatories. Is what they say. What the guidance says. I'm gonna follow that guidance. If if you get sick, it's supposed to complicate it. And then you know, okay. I will keep my eye out. And if I if I deem otherwise, then I then I won't follow that guidance. But it seems like it doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know on that one. I'm not. I'm not well versed. Keto convinced me. You know, I like the noddle. It's a good product. <laughs> Um, um, what else do we got here? There was one other thing I wanted to mention. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm going to remember as soon as we stop recording. Yeah. Um, back to Bitcoin related stuff to keep that content. We are a Bitcoin podcast at the end of the day. Oh shit. Really? Uh, Jameson Lop wrote a, a post that I was interested in over the weekend. He changed the name of it. It was Bitcoin Core Quality Control. I wonder if you got yelled at and asked to change the name because commits aren't fungible. Uh, Bitcoin <laughs> Core Contributor Challenges. Uh, and it's just a nice little piece on uh, basically stats of the Bitcoin Core repository, which is the reference implementation, but is one implementation of many of the Bitcoin uh, software, uh, LibBitcoin, Knots, uh, Bcoin, or other implementations bitcoin core obviously is the one that we all uh or most of us are probably running and he basically went through uh, the github of bitcoin core and tried to dissect uh, the amount of total rejected added lines of code 
uh, rejected deleted lines of code and the ratio uh, of getting rejected lines of code changed versus accepted. Um, and it's, it's, it's basically proving that it's pretty hard to get code merged into core for uh, every 15.3 million rejected lines of code changes in the repository. There's only 3.65 million that are accepted. Uh, but again, not all commits are, are equal. Commits aren't fungible. Um, some commits have uh, more influence than others, but if you're using this as a guiding heuristic, it would seem that it is pretty hard to get to get stuff merged. And then he even dove into uh, merge success rates and at what point a developer may stop contributing to the project because they don't think the chances of getting their code merged is very high. But we've seen contributors go up, right? Did they talk about that at all? Like the number of contributors? Um, yeah, yeah. Number of contributors has gone up significantly. Um, but they're not all. Some are some are only uh, making very few PRs compared to others. Yeah. Again, it's all a. It's all a no, I mean, game. I think it's look. I think we all agree. Well, I mean, I think me and you agree. I'm not going to speak for all you freaks out there. That conservative is good. Like we we have um, a a global distributed financial network uh, that is valued at at billions of dollars, and you need to um, tread carefully. Like you can't you can't just move fast and break things. Like you have to be careful about it. Uh, that's a feature. It's not a bug. Yes. All right. I think we're going to keep this first episode around 45 minutes. Oh, I, I, I remembered what I was going to bring up. It's about time. All right. We got three minutes anyway. Backed, uh, completed uh, 300 million Series B. Does that I matter? I that too. Is that, does, is that a thing? Um, let's not fall for that meme. That meme. What meme? The institutional money meme. Don't wait for it. Yeah, but Back that's still a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Three hundred million dollars. Yeah, led by Pantera, Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft's big. Um, I've heard that Microsoft's company before. Um, yeah, according Microsoft M Microsoft's M twelve. I guess that's one of their funding branches. Pay you, Boston Consulting Group, Goldfinch Partners, CMT Digital, Pantera Capital, and Back Partner Firm. ICE, the Internet Intercontinental Exchange, excuse me, all participated in the funding round. Um, backed, acquired uh, Bridge2 Solutions, a loyalty services provider in February. And since then, I guess they've been doing another round. And yeah, so we'll see what they put out. Their futures product has been getting some traction. But, it, but again, people prefer the CME products, correct? Yes. I Look, the... I wouldn't read too much into it, but the number is really fucking high, so that's good. It's good that the number is high. Well, if we're learning one thing right now, high valuations, high numbers don't mean dick <laughs> unless you follow up with actual production. So I mean, it we'll means see. something for Bitcoin. It might not mean something for backed. You know, like it means something for Bitcoin that they raised three hundred million dollars. You know, I'm never yeah, going right. to use their products, but I, I think that's that's good. Does it really matter for Bitcoin? I'm excited at our potential to unlock nearly $1 trillion of digital assets when the backed app launches this summer. It sounds like a shitcoin machine. It is probably going to be a shitcoin machine. You are correct. 
Yeah, I, I just, yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I pretty much agree with you. I just think 300 million is a large amount of money. So I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they raised that much. 300 million is cool, but it's not 500 billion like the repo operations. <laughs> they should just give everyone really Bitcoin. Cool. Did you see uh, Mitt Romney wants to give everyone $1,000 now? Yeah, how about that? That would be a, a change of of narrative if the Republicans come out and lead on UBI. They should just buy a shit ton of Bitcoin. Is that a bad idea? Why don't they just buy a bunch of Bitcoin? I'd rather I'd rather them do the helicopter money and then have individuals use that to buy Bitcoin. We just all go out and use our $1,000 to just buy Bitcoin. That's what I'm going to do. If they give me $1,000, I am buying Bitcoin. It'd be it. cool if they direct deposited it into your Cash App account. So you could just click a button. Probably possible if you have it hooked up. They have ACH capabilities. Disclaimer, Cash App's a sponsor of this pod. Um, but Disclosure. Yeah, it probably could be possible. Disclosure, disclaimer, whatever. Yeah. Stay humble, stack sats. Yeah, peace and love. Stay safe out there. Be kind to your neighbors. Again, scary times. Definitely heavy times, things to take seriously. Stay healthy out there. Stay sane out there. And then think about what happens when we when we turn out of this. And again, we are going to turn out of this. The sun is going to keep rising. Life is going to go on. This too shall pass. And just think about how we want to build the world when it does pass. Love you guys. We'll get through this. Peace and love.